In this podcast, we're going to go over what to learn. So, learning. It's fascinating. When I was young, I just absorbed so much information as I possibly could. I sat with editors, I listened to producers, I watched directors, and I didn't actually know what to learn. Now, let's remember, this is the 1990s, early noughties. The interweb and YouTube has not been invented. So, to go and log on was difficult. To find a a, a manual for edit box was impossible. Um, DVDs weren't really around at that stage as well. So, the only way to really get into it, and in this stage was a 910 edit controller and a, and a BV2000, was to read the manual. Now, these are Sony manuals, which are bigger than the Bible, make absolutely no sense to a human. But if you're a techno nerd, you kind of get it and you understand it. But the way to learn is hands-on. Tactile and kind of being hands-on and feeling things is the best way of doing it. When you're editing um, SP beta cams or one inch, you can hear the lock or the uh, you know the gen lock clicking in. Um, you can hear the tape spooling back and forwards. You can hear the machines working. When you're doing non-linear, it's just clicks. There's no real feel, but the beautiful thing about nonlinear, there's no commitment. You can undo it anytime. You can go back and change it anything you wish. With linear, you have a um, an edit decision list or an EDL, and you're actually committed to the hard tape. So there's metal particles locked in time. If you want to go and change a shot or reduce it by like six frames, it's a whole brand new edit. And we're talking analog. So every pass or every copy you do, you would lose generations, it would get grainier, um, it would start to look and lose its colors. So it was a real hard commitment to do long forms. When you're doing commercials, you can chop it together, but when you have to ripple an EDL, it's like ripping your eyes through your skin. It is the most excruciating pain of loading it up. Now, learning from others is interesting because you don't really know when you're learning from someone if they know what they're talking about. Anyone in their right mind could say that they ran a Media Composer 9000. What does it actually mean? Did you click the buttons? Did you understand how to import something? Did you know what exporting means? Do you know what codecs are? Blah, 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 all that sort of stuff. What's it really mean? And when you get into coding, every single person in the world knows how to code. Is it Python? Is it C++? C Sharp? C++? Is it um, uh, Ruby? Is it Perl? What the hell are you talking about? So the question beckons. In 2020, what do you learn? Well, I take a really, really, really strict approach to this by saying there's no process. You could learn whatever you wanted to, and you need to be robust. You need to be a generalist. Being a specialist in this world is kind of interesting. Specialist is an old farts way of saying, I can do a certain thing really well. Now, that's all great. But you could just look at Udemy, you can look at uh, Ripple Training, you can look at anything. There's such a huge, massive amounts of learning data on every single platform you could imagine. You could learn from AutoCAD, you could learn Max, you could learn Flame, um, you could learn Final Cut, Avid, uh, Media 100, anything you wanted, you could learn. But shooting is quite interesting. If you're going to film something, you could learn how to film something. Um, but what you need to do is get out in the field and start doing it. And this is what I say to people. It's so cheap to enter the marketplace. An iPhone shooting 4K, you could have the codec snob saying, oh, it's compressed to hell and it's going to look blocky. It's completely irrelevant. My four-year-old watches YouTube. And there's a couple of characters on there. There's one called Ryan and there's one called Stacy. 
they brought in nearly $20 million in revenue in 2019. These are YouTube kids, kids just messing around. All shot on iPhones or M50s or DSLRs, whatever you want to do. Anything you want to say, it's below five grand. It's below three grand, to be fair. You can edit on stuff for free now. Um, I keep banging on about Resolve. Resolve is free. It's absolutely what you want to do. It's a piece of shit. If you've got a really bad computer, you might need an external GPU. But it's an entry market so cheap. You can do a load of other ones. You've got Adobe Cloud that's got Premiere, After Effects, everything for 50 bucks a month. It's ridiculous. Final Cut Pro, 299 bucks. That's it forever. You've got um, Red Shark's Lightworks. Um, you've got Media 100, which is free. Media 100, I love. You know, it's the first thing I actually cut on, which was an offline editing to go into um, Editbox for finishing for Showtime promos. It's an absolute amazing time. If anything, it's too much. You know, what do you learn? Um, Autodesk Flame is completely different to App and Media Composer, which is different to Resolve, which is different to Final Cut Pro. I mean, Blackbird. Blackbird is another one that's just online, which uses background acceleration to actually do editing on um, web browsers. It's amazing what you want to do, but what you do want to learn is the trade. And that's a key part here, because I'm talking very heavily on editing. I'm saying editing because I love it. I think it's fantastic. You can create a story. And anything in the media companies or the media world, it is all about creating. If you look at a carpenter, a carpenter will actually go build something, and that will be a tactile piece of furniture sitting there that you can actually enjoy. Making commercials of throwaway materials. It's, you know, it's faraway fashion if you really want to look at it. Amazing art, amazing talent of people putting together a, a brilliant spot. But unfortunately in today's society, it's only reserved for the Christmas spots. I remember growing up, in every Sunday would be the million buck commercial, there'd be a Toyota commercial, there'd be some sort of high branded material, which is an absolute masterpiece to engage customers to buy their product. Right now you make a spot for 50 bucks, put it on air, cheapest chips and see how it works the addressable and programmatic way is quite interesting because you can make different creative for different people but it's not there it's all a pipe dream right now it's really not done at mass and when you're looking at people going and shooting and editing and finishing previously it was getting a panavision camera for millions of dollars sticking extremely expensive lenses on getting the rigs getting the lighting getting the things getting the actors getting this it adds up. It's completely out of reach. One of the first short films I've done was with Matt Sloan. And he, he's a nutter. He was an absolute pyrotechnic, literally a pyrotechnic. And we used to shoot as much as we could. I spent four and a half thousand Australian dollars in 1991. Must be then. It was a GSR 707E. I remember it well. JVC. It was a super VHS recorder. And I got into so much debt with that, and I wanted it. It was the most amazing thing. And I shot the shit out of things. I shot my mate surfing. I shot short films. I shot life. I just learned everything of going and shooting it. And it was expensive. It was 100 bucks a tape in Australia. And you could use them for a certain amount of time, so you had to be a bit precious. Now, you got DSLRs with SD cards, which cost nothing. You can shoot the living willy out of stuff. On an iPhone, you shoot it, stored in iCloud. It's, it's bananas how this stuff works. So looking at the processes of today, it is all about the craft. 
It's all about getting a half-decent story together. And that's all it is. That will never change. You always need a start, middle, and end. And if you take that process and you learn that as a craft, editing, editing is all about the beat. And if you like music and you get in the music and you understand the beat of the music, that's what editing is. It's about timing. Because if you're watching a really bad shot and you see it's like it's stuck on that character for like a half a second too long, you've lost the whole story. And that's where the art and the craft comes in. And you only learn that by doing it. I mean, go out and film stuff. Film a music video. Film your mum and dad having an argument. Film you and your brother fighting. Film, you know, a cat chasing a bird. All that's it costs nothing to do apart from your time. Then people kind of say, well, I use uh, Resolve because it's a grading tool. I use Final Cut because it's quicker. I use um, Adobe because it's connected in the suite. I really couldn't give a flying fuck. It's all about the process. Now, Adobe is connected in the suite. That's great. Um, you know, Final Cut's a really good chopping thing and Motion's separated and Logic X is separated. It's all about process. I love Final Cut Pro. I think it's fantastic. It's it's so much better than anything on the market, but it's not connected in any way, shape or form to the other tool set. I'm begging the day that Final Cut plugged all together. So you've got Final Cut, Motion and Logic all in the one interface. Makes perfect sense. Flame's been doing it for years. I mean, the amount of stuff you do in Flame of chopping and, and finishing and grading and everything, it's amazing. For 500 bucks a month, it's out of this world. But then Resolve is phenomenal. It's got it's got Fairlight jammed in there for the audio. It's got um, uh, color mixing. It's got editing. It's got all this stuff. But if you haven't got a good enough computer to run it on with a GPU, it will be as slow as shit. So that's a bad experience. How can you chop stuff and grade it? And then at the end of it, you're trying to export and it's taking like 42 hours because your MacBook Air isn't strong enough to do it. It doesn't really matter because the craft is there. If you don't know what the craft is, then you can have a lot of trouble. So what do you learn? I would learn everything. Now that's a pretty hardcore statement, but you would need to know Google Docs because it's got free Excel in there. It's got free Word. You'll have to write scripts. You have to do timelines. You have to do budgets. So learn Google Docs. You'll have to learn audio programs, Audacity, um, free, you know, understand how it works, how microphones work, how audio works, how processing works, what noise reduction is. Audacity's free. Get it. Do it. It's on every platform. If you want to then start learning higher-end ones, then you can learn um, uh, uh, Pro Tools and uh, Logic Pro. You can have a look at them. There's a whole thing on Udemy which has certain sales. Get an understanding. See what's going on. You're editing. I mean, God, there's so many out there. Just... It's about the craft. Now, with non-linears, it's about clicking buttons. People say, I'm an avid boy or girl, I'm a Final Cut 1, I'm all that sort of stuff, but it doesn't really matter. What matters is how stuff comes in, you chopping it and getting it out. You can actually put things between all the non-linears. You could chop an avid, spit it on XML or EDL, put into um, Resolve for finishing. Now, Resolve is completely free, or there's a paid version. The paid version allows for a bit of noise uh, reduction and all sorts of wacky stuff, but you'd get past with the free one all day long. And it's on Mac, PC, and Linux. Why is that important? Linux is a free operating system, okay? Now, Windows and Mac, fill your boots. You know, you have your Mac boys and your PC boys. If I'm a Mac person, will I survive my world not learning PC? Fuck yeah, it doesn't really matter. But I have parallels on my Mac because there's certain applications like um, 
Telestream Vantage, which needs to be on a PC. I hate PCs. They absolutely drive me out the wall, but I've been using Macs like forever, since the 90s, early noughties, so I'm kind of familiar with that OS. But I can get by, it doesn't matter. Linux, my mate's Aaron right now, he's gone to Linux and he loves it. And you know, God bless him, that's the way you want to do But Adobe doesn't run on Linux and Final Cut only runs on Mac. So it's my personal choice. But trust me when I say, I don't mean walk away, lock yourself away and learn every piece of software ever developed by any person ever. But you do need to have a plan. And the plan's really simple. You need to understand the craft you're doing. So if you're going to be a director, you need to learn Word, you need to learn Excel, you need to learn all that sort of stuff. So Google Docs is a no-brainer. If you're going to be an editor, then absolutely fill your boots. There's free free trials out there and you can do what you want to do. Getting a job, and this is a key point here, getting a job as a Final Cut Pro editor, you've got to be careful because people want the craft. Worse still, you've got people out there will have the Adobe suite, but they need a freelancer. People have a Final Cut Pro job because a job finished on Final Cut and they need to get it, sorry, a job started on Final Cut, need to get it finished. You have avid fanboys and girls out there, which when say we're doing features and program episodics. Now avid is phenomenal for that. The reason avid is phenomenal for that is for years, basically from day one, it was database driven. So they could actually lock bins and have multiple people working on the same project. Adobe's tried to introduce that now, that's 20, 30 years later, Apple hasn't got it sorted. Now Apple's using, I believe, um, uh, what is it? It's SQL Lite, which is read-only. Now I'm not sure what they're trying to do with the collaboration, but it's not a collaborating tool. That's the reason all the big places, all the grown-ups, are using Avid Media Composer. I have Avid Media Composer for $20 a month on my computer. Do I use it? Nope. Do I enjoy tinkering around with it? Absolutely. Have I got the luxury of blowing 20 bucks a month? I'm lucky, yeah, I can. But I have it as a tool set because not only am I doing my tutorials for delivered commercials and I need to understand the new features that come out like IMF um, in Avamedia Composer, you need to know what the tool sets are doing because if you just go, I'm just gonna learn uh, Avid Media Composer, and I'm the absolute hero on that, and no one knows anything better than Avid Media Composer than me, great, fill your boots, but you've, you've automatically become a specialist in Avid Media Composer. What happens when you have no money, and a job comes up on whatever it is that says, oh, congratulations, we need to go into Adobe Premiere um, because of whatever reason? Congratulations, just turn the job down. Now, are you proficient? In Adobe Premiere, shouldn't be a reason why you're not, because it's an editing tool, you just need to know what the limitations are. Same as Final Cut, understand what the limitations are. The editing process is tremendously simple. You bring your material in, you put it into a story, and you export it. It gets complicated when people try to make it complicated. Now the stories can be different, the stories can be easy, stories can be a lot difficult. If you're cutting news, what would you cut news on? Well, I think Edius, which is, or Edius, the way you pronounce it, is a purpose-built news-cutting thing. EVS have a news-cutting thing, because you need to chop, 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 voiceover, overlay, and get it out. Super simple. Loads of European companies are using Final Cut as a news prep, but the collaboration doesn't work, but they don't really need it, because they've got to get a story in, cat's up a tree, there's my overlay, there's my B-roll, um, there's my voiceover, there's some supers, get it out. Problem solved. Final Cut, hooray, all day. Now of Avid, it's an overkill. You do not need a massive amount of overkill to cut a news story, but 
Avid Leslie Cotton Socks made a product called News Cutter. And it was fantastic. It was it did what it said in the tin. It was nice cuts, a couple of dissolves. It allowed you to do some packaging. And I did this at Sky back in 1999. And it worked. It worked famously. As a plane comes flying over my head. It's a Chinook, to be fair. So what do you learn? Well, I would go online and look at all the final, not the final cut pros, but the YouTube videos and see. I would look at audio. I would look at production. I would listen to people's stories because people will tell you their workflows. A lot of people are very excited about their workflows. Um, one of the ones I'm doing now is my mate on his phone is uploading um, from his iPhone 10. He uploads into Frame.io. I get a notification. I pull the files down, chop it together. Um, set it up to him for approval on his phone. He goes yes or no with a click of approval Zapier in the background grabs that file puts it on YouTube <laughs> It's Phenomenal. It's two people. He's an excess. He's a trainer the right PT You know, it's it's simple for him to do because he's shooting it anyway He just sends it to me and it's all the clever stuff in the background So my tools of choice frame my love it cheap as chips. It's an amazing collaboration tool it's got panels in Adobe. It's got an extension in Final Cut. Um, it just exports markers into um, Media Composer and does nothing for Flame. But, you know, it works. Uh, from that, I chop in Final Cut. It's nice and quick and easy. I export it out. It goes directly um, back into Frame.io. And from that process, I use Zapier to connect Frame.io to YouTube. Happy days. So that works for me. Now, I went and learned that from YouTube. Okay, so it's not a big expert, but it's a process that I know, and it costs us nothing. I bought Final Cut for 300 bucks a couple of years ago. I get free updates. I've got Max up the wazoo in my house. It works perfectly. Uh, Frame.io, I spend, I think, 50 bucks a month, which gives me a quarter of a terabyte of space and does what it does. So that process works. Now, is it the right process for everyone? Probably not. Don't really care. It works fantastically for what we're trying to do. So if I was entering this marketplace, I would make it very clear of knowing in those buckets. Get a piece of paper, draw some um, columns down. What do I need to do word processing? Write down three or four of the applications. Google it, take you two seconds. What's my nonlinear, my, uh, my NLEs? Well, there's the ones I've mentioned before. Google it, take two seconds. What's your audio um, or your DEMs, your digital audio workstations? What's your compositing? What does special effects and stuff? Jot that down. What platforms are collaborations? You've got IPV, you've got Frame.io, um, you've got Cantamo, Iconic. There's a million out there of workflow engines. And then understand where it's going to. So understand what codecs are. What's an MP4 to a ProRes to a DNX? Um, what does HLS mean? What's Dash? What's Smooth? These things are all available at your fingertips. You just need to understand what the process is. And the process is tremendously simple. Acquire the footage edit the footage, distribute the footage, and play the footage. And then if you're really, really clever, you could have a look at all the distributions, all the CDNs, uh, content distribution networks. And that's all about streaming it to handsets and all sorts of stuff. But YouTube does the heavy lifting for you. You don't have to do that. Vimeo does the heavy lifting. You don't have to do that. So I would personally, if I had the opportunity, I would get my iPhone, I would shoot some stuff, um, I would then edit it all up, get some audio, get some music. Oh, there's the other ones. Pond5 and Shuttlestock and all these sort of guys that have footage there already do cost you money, but there are some free ones you can mess around with. It is such an easy entry marketplace. But get ready, snowflakes, because people won't like it. You really need to understand 
Just because you've learned something doesn't mean you're brilliant. And that's the hardest thing in today's world. Every single person has an opinion. And you have to accept that. You have to take it on board and take the criticisms. You will not get away with not being criticized. Every single person in their right mind will give you critiqued. I saw a great picture. There was all these um, Miss Universes coming out in their bikinis. All flawless, every single one of them. All feeling confident. There's a guy with a big belly hanging out, drinking a beer going, that girl's nose looks big. I mean, for God's sake, every single person in this world will have an opinion because they're behind closed doors of social media. And that's, I'm not even going to get into that. But if you can't give good criticism and good advice, then shut the fuck up. Because yes, your opinion matters. And yes, you're a snowflake. And yes, you need help in the world to say that you're brilliant. But what you're not doing is helping someone get better. And that's a key thing here. If you have nothing good to say, don't say it. You need to help people out because if you don't tell someone they suck and you can't give them good advice on what it was, then there's no reason to get involved in the conversation. It really isn't. It drives me nuts. But there we go, guys and girls. That is the episode of What to Learn. Uh, it's a little bit of a ramble. I apologize, but it's trying to get out as much information as I possibly can. And these things could go on for hours. I'm trying to condense them down so A, you don't get bored of my stupid voice and you, B, you get something out of it. So as always, guys, have a great day.